0: morning project presents
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to this special 90 minute blizzard blast edition of the generic video game podcast perk your ears and turn up the volume as you're once again joined by two video game co-hosts who are closer than peanut butter and chocolate milk and cookies ea's sports division and hot garbage and even closer than jeff Keighley and hideo kojima It's Molly and Anthony bringing you episode 22 of GVGP.
2: Now, I don't mean this as any kind of insult to you, um, Anthony, but I don't think anybody can be closer than Jeff and Hideo (laughs) seem to be, so I don't know that's actually possible.
1: (laughs) I was hoping that was the reaction I was going to get.
2: Yeah, I was there live for that, and that was like – I mean, it was was like super interesting, and I know we're going to talk about this more later, but it was super interesting because – it was, like, a super Kojima love fest, but it was also a really big, like, F you to Konami. Right. And I was surprised to see, like, Jeff Keeley, somebody I actually know in real life and everything, um, <clears throat> be, like, that strongly, like, anti-Konami. And I guess that on some level maybe it doesn't make – doesn't mean much anymore because they're so out of the game development world. Beyond right. the weirdo Metal Gear Solid they're making and, and whatever, but – yeah, I was like kind of shocked at like how how in on them he went.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, my instinct is look without, uh, you know, knowing either individual. I got an autograph once from Kojima years ago, but like beyond what I know on the articles and online, you know, the the one thing I can say is you know I do respect the man's work, his dedication to the company for thirty plus years. I obviously don't know him on a personal level or, or what he's like behind closed doors, but he certainly has a body of work to be respected. And I think, you know, if I was in the shoes of Jeff Keighley, you know, speaking from afar, I think I would, you know, pay the man respect. And I could even see being a little bit emotional. But, you know, I also thought it was me maybe being a little bit rude or, uh, you know, just uh, kind of funny sitting at home on the couch watching this. Maybe I was making too much out of it. But once I saw my Twitter timeline and uh, other, you know, uh, forums online, it wasn't just me. So, I mean, we got to the point of... Like, they were pretty much tears. And, you know, he even said – he used the word love. You know, he said he loved them. Right. And, and, and uh, I mean,
2: what's funny too is this this happened the day after Keeley came out with that big, like, story about the last months of development for Metal Gear 5.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, yes.
2: Where, like, he was supposedly, like, separated from the team completely and, you know, almost, like, literally, like, locked into a room and he couldn't leave there. <clears throat> and he had to communicate what to do in the game through other people that would then talk to the team, so
1: yeah, it so said like for six months he was away in a separate spot and he had to like he use a middleman or whatever to communicate back and forth to finish the game, right, yeah, would a would a i don't know but uh, and i, I mean I, and I, in my
2: my knowledge of Japanese companies like I don't know, I don't know if they literally locked him in, they may have, but I do know that just <clears throat> they seem to have this kind of tendency of. Where an American company might just straight up fire you at a certain point. <laughs> right. Like, it's almost like if you watch Office Space and uh, I don't remember the guy's name, they had Stapler. You know, they keep pushing like into worse and worse parts of the office to try to like forget he exists. Right. Like, Japanese companies tend to do that, I think, a lot more than, than some Western companies do.
1: Yeah, I think the other famous or infamous situation that comes to mind is uh, Gunpei Yokoi. Yeah. And Nintendo they gave him like that corner spot with like no window or something of that nature after the failure of the virtual boy
2: until they killed him
1: yeah yeah you, I'm, I don't want to get off on that topic, but I'm sure you, you've heard those rumors too
2: I mean yeah, of course, yeah, like
1: yeah <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing at that
2: I'm not that. saying I, I I'm not saying I believe them, but I'm not saying I don't believe them yeah,
1: yeah, it was kind of weird though, if you think about it, you know, maybe a little uh, yakuza action going on.
2: Because the, the guy who, I mean, I'm, Yamaguchi, the guy who originally ran, like, Nintendo, or ran yeah. it for most of his life, like, yeah. he was a hard ass, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things he did upon getting in was didn't he fire at least some or all of his family that was there, and he was all straight-up business.
2: Yeah, I think he did something like that.
1: Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I don't know if you want to start there, but, you know, since we recorded last, it's been maybe a month and a half. Uh, we're recording tonight on uh, Thursday the 8th. Uh, We'll probably be hearing this. Fans will hear this episode probably closer to Christmas, which uh, is right upon us. The video game season is winding down, Uh, although on a side note, you know, you'd never know that come January and February. But uh, since we last recorded, there's the Video Game Awards, awards, which I'd like to get your take on what that was like in person, the atmosphere, and then how it was being there. You know, one of the standout aspects of that. I thought the show started pretty good. Uh, especially with the Death Stranding trailer, yeah, shown I mean, in it, 4K. it started
2: like it's interesting because you know, obviously, it's going to contrast to PlayStation, PlayStation Experience, um, which had that kind of opener and ender, both like super big. Like I felt like it was an interesting place to put that trailer because I think that was pro- probably one of the most exciting things in the entire show.
1: Yeah, and I'm very embarrassed right now. You know, when I was doing my notes tonight, you know, Molly and I came together and we, we wanted to get an episode on tap. We were going to do it tomorrow and then tonight worked out and I was throwing some notes together for myself and I can't believe, I cannot believe I forgot to write down the PlayStation experience because that, wow. I mean, for modern day shows, is, I, don't, I don't know if we want to get into that now, but yeah, so PlayStation experience was quite the experience. I mean, I
0: watched
2: you know, that. Sony has like... I almost feel like there was that momentum of E3 2015. And kind of or t- kind of like since then, they've really done a good job. I mean, TGS this year was a little bad, but TGS last year, if I'm remembering the right year, TGS last year, I think, was, was really good. Um, I don't remember PlayStation Experience as much, but you had E3, of course. And then you had their E3 show this year, which was... You know, it's hard to top, like, kind of last year's, you know, the the Dream Trilogy thing. But this year's was really good. Position Experience was really good. So they've had, like, a lot of really good conferences in a row when conferences are usually so, like, hit and miss. So I, right. I, I feel like they're doing a good job of thinking about what games to show when, you know, and kind of, like, what to reveal to keep things exciting.
1: Yeah, and I think that this was the third PlayStation experience. Last year they brought it, I believe, to San Francisco. Uh, the first one was awesome. Which
2: uh, yeah, that, that, that was in Vegas.
1: Yeah, GBGP uh, alumni Neil was all was there, and I believe you were there as well. If no, I'm not mistaken. no, I've oh, not one? I've
2: not been to any of them actually.
1: Okay, so. first one was great. I wasn't crazy about last year's. This year's was like. I keep using this term for modern day conferences because I still feel it's really tough, tough to capture with some of what we saw in the mid late nineties. So excluding those shows, I mean this is this was like top three, including that blockbuster E three uh, a couple years ago. You know, I, if if I ranked that a ten in my book for modern day shows for Sony, I would have given this year's PlayStation experience like for hype and what they produced a minimum of an eight and a half to a nine.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, – I don't think it was as good as either the last two, like, E3 showings. Um, but it was, it was pretty good. And like I said, but also, yeah. like, I really liked TGS last year. Like, I think last year's was a great show.
1: Yeah, that kind of came back from the dead last year because TGS has been yeah. rather quiet and coming yeah. right off Gamescom. And there's so many of the shows, as we've always said. But, uh, yeah, other things on tap here. We can try and touch base on this uh, Blast episode. Um, 19-plus years of development time between two games originally meant for different consoles come out seven days apart. I'm talking about Final Fantasy XV, which your recently uploaded review is now live at EGMNow.com. Check it out. It's a beautiful lengthy review from Molly. And then the other game I'm speaking of, uh, The Last Guardian. So The Last Guardian is real. It, it is exists. funny how
2: it's funny how those two hit so close to each other. It's weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah, near simultaneous.
2: And I mean, the problem now and, is like, all we've got now left is like Half-Life 3. <laughs> and then like, what else is there to, oh, you know, have that be that far uh, off dream that you keep hoping for?
1: I, I've got one. Um, not that I personally really care. Agent.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, that's nowhere near as big.
1: No. But that's still, so, that is still that
2: is one of those kind of, Yeah, you know, is it ever going to return? Does it still exist kind of games?
1: At this point, I'm thinking Half-Life 3 is just never going to happen.
2: And Sony somehow has to announce that. They have to, like, get it for, you know, for PS4, <laughs> yeah. and then they have to be the one to announce it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh... Yeah, and then uh, we also, we've also survived another Black Friday, so we're about, eh, about three weeks out removed from Black Friday. Uh, I think you and I were on the exact same page. There was only one item we really wanted this holiday season off Black Friday deal.
2: And that was Nightmare getting it.
1: Uh, you know what? Would you believe I had a lucky horseshoe up where the sun don't shine? And I caught it on a Cyber Monday deal. And I'm going to make you laugh because you already know this. First of all, the Black Friday deal wasn't even Friday. It was Wednesday night.
2: Yes, which was ridiculous. Which was t- just all sorts of stupid. Yeah.
1: And then I caught the, the Cyber Monday deal at 9 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday. <laughs> and I received that product yesterday. So wow. I got very, very lucky. I'm still in the hunt for one more as a gift. I don't know if I'm going to be able to sh- – Catch lightning in a bottle twice, but I, one thing we do know this year between the NES Classic and the ninety nine dollar Black Friday new three DS is that Nintendo is allergic to money.
2: Well, so I mean, you know, I was uh, so I was sitting up Wednesday night because I had heard people saying that it might start going up, and I had done a trade in through Target recently, so I had enough credit that the the 3DS was going to cost me like $45. Um, wow. So I was, I was committed to getting it at Target. And I was sitting there one at night because my original plan, as much as I hate it, I really, really did not want to. But I was like, okay, I'll go to Target at 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day when they open. I'm not going to get in line. I'll just go. And if they have it, I'll get it. Right. If they don't, I won't. But then... You know, people are saying, oh, they're starting to go up. And so they started hitting, I think, I think Walmart might have been one of the first people to get it. And then I think Amazon got it. And then I think Best Buy got it, maybe Toys R Us. And I'm sitting there and like, it's like everybody is starting to put it up. Like you said, too, you know, this, this, this special thing that Nintendo's releasing for Black Friday is going up Wednesday night, which just makes no sense. But I'm sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and, and Target's not showing up and Target's not showing up and it turns to midnight and I'm like crap like at this point are they just gonna wait till you know tomorrow even Friday to put it up and I was starting to wonder if I should just quit and then they did put it up and so I grabbed it so I got on the Wednesday night but it was it's just like you know I used to like kind of enjoy Black Friday and and right looking for stuff, but now it's just, it's so much of a hassle because you have to do so much tracking of when things are going to be up and, and what's going to be where and there's just, it's, there's no, like, the ads literally were like, you know, this is a doorbuster for stores. Right. <clears throat> so how would you have known that it's going up? And then, like you just mentioned, add on the fact this is Nintendo and they had two products this holiday season, they still have two products this holiday season, that have been ridiculous to get and that your best option is getting them from scalpers on eBay for like 220 bucks.
1: Yeah, and I don't get this. I can make arguments both ways on this and talk myself back out of this, but like okay, the NES Classic, which is essentially a small board running off like a, a varied like Linux-based program. Uh You know, you could say, you know what, maybe they didn't produce as many of those. This isn't a long-running product, okay? I'm going to give them a pass on that, as stupid as it is. But with the new 3DS, what I don't get is that system is coming towards the end of its life, even though that makes me sad. And you figure the new 3DS, the standard-sized edition, you got to figure. They got a ton of those. Why wouldn't you just even if you don't flood the market this holiday with it wouldn't you just keep a continual stream and just keep selling them out week after week no, and get that yeah. like it's it's just easy money right now they're not going to get a push like this again or just, or or if they really are sold out and that tight on quantities advertise that like you know due to overwhelming demand or whatever that it is their new permanent price for this you know the smaller model at 100 bucks i mean people are debt desperate for it. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying a couple episodes ago how in the video game wars that my mentality is always that of the early 90s Sega where with the price drop, the pack and game and the people will come. Well, it's funny because this new 3DS deal kind of goes back to that where money still talks and if you've got the right price, people will want it. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw this much interest in the 3DS handheld.
2: Now, I, know this is, I don't know this is true, but I have heard that <clears throat> there may be a situation where the people at Nintendo of America get bonuses for having products sell out, um. so that they they are purposely kind of positioning things wow. to be to to sell out very quickly so they get those bonuses. I said I don't know that. That's what I've heard, but like the NES Classic is one thing, right? Like Kanye, what you were saying is. If you want to say that was a very specialty limited product, that's fine. But you're exactly right. This is a 3DS. They they initially were ridiculous when they first brought the new 3DS over because they wouldn't bring the small one over. they only brought the big one. And then later on, the only way you could get the small one was through the Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, right. I think, bundle. That,
0: yeah, I <clears> yep. think
2: there's like one of the bundles you could get you could get it in. But this was the first real chance if you wanted that model to get it just by itself, not in a mud bundle, it's it's a great price. And this absolutely should be the price. And this should be the models out there. Like I don't understand why they don't want to do that at this point. You know, I mean it's it's kind of it's kind of like I feel like we're in a weird generation because every generation before this one there was that race to get to like 199. Yeah. You know. And and then, you know, mm-hmm. way later in life once you're like on year 8 or whatever, you get to like 99 if you can or whatever. But there was <clears throat> that under $200 because that's where you want, you know, for consoles. And then handhelds were always kind of like 99 or 79. Yep. <clears throat> so, especially with the the Switch coming in March. Like Nintendo does not know what the three DS is going to be like next year. You know? And they're doing the same thing they did with the DS came out when they said the DS was a third pillar. And they're like, Oh, Game Boy's not going anywhere, you know, DS is a, a, a third option for people. Now oh, it's that- <laughs> complete BS and that never happened and Game Boy went <laughs> away very quickly and you had DS. I I'm not saying that 3DS is going to go away very quickly, but I can assure you that their support for it is going to go away very quickly. Sure,
1: I sure. You know,
2: so I think this is the last real holiday season when cuz you you know they're not trying to sell Weeze. I mean I mean Wii U's. No. They don't care no. about that at this point. No. This is their one big product for this holiday season. I would have put this out there like you were saying flood the market, have tons of these things out there, you know, Get all those sales in that you can before the, the Switch comes out, and then that's where your focus is going to be. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't want to sell 3DSs at $99 if that is something they can do. Because I can assure you, Nintendo being Nintendo, they did not do this if they weren't still going to make a profit off the system. They, they 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 do not yeah. do the loss leader thing.
1: They're notorious for that. They yes. uh, yeah, I can't recall a time where they put a system out where like we're losing 20, 30 bucks before yeah, they're not Xbox or Microsoft I mean, I, and so Sony. to be fair,
2: I think the one time they did that was when the 3DS first came out and it was like grossly overpriced.
1: It wasn't like 229 or something,
2: or 250. I think it was 250. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like just ridiculous for thinking they could ever do that and they had to like drop that. I think at that point possibly while that's they, right. While that was the were, ambassador. That's yeah, right. Yeah, while they were ramping things up, maybe at that point, they might have been losing a little bit of money, but for the most part, they never do anything that's going to lose them money. That's why the Wii U is still ridiculously priced for how dead that thing is.
1: Oh, because they don't want... you. Because your train of thought is that even though it's not selling hot, they don't want to take a loss on a units produced.
2: Yeah, because it, if yeah. they're still selling any units at that price, they'd rather do that than... than you know, dropping right. down so that there's selling a bunch of units and losing money on it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, not to stretch this out, but that, that whole $99 debacle is a real mystery. And, and if you go to like Amazon and look at the ratings, there's a lot of low ratings for the product, not because they don't like the product. It's because of two things that Nintendo came out with this deal. And either scalpers are getting it and reselling. And then there's a lot of upset parents because I was going through reading some of it. And I don't blame them. You know, their kids were excited or, you know, they figured they could get this for their kid finally for Christmas. And and Nintendo pulled this crap again. They yeah. do it all the time. And the, the so last the,
2: thing I'll in so in the keep on, The fact that, like, I, yeah. know, I know so many people who wanted that as a gift for the holidays. And that, that would yep. have been a perfect gift for the holidays. Nintendo, like it's amazing. Do you know how many companies would love to have this problem
1: yeah, of, one people, of, the of people products. wanting yeah.
2: to buy their product? Yeah. It's like Apple being like, yeah, we could sell 4 million iPhones, but we're going to only release 500,000 just because, you know.
1: It makes no sense. The, and, you know, I hope that, you know, are they going to pull the famous Nintendo card come late January and February when it's cooled down and no one cares anymore? And then they're going to get like shipments back in the store? They like to do that too. Yeah. After the fact, or they did it yeah. with Amiibo. The last thing I'll say on this topic, uh, I'm going to give a thank you. You know, the only reason I was able to keep abreast of all the new 3DS releases and being able to capitalize on it online were all of the constant updates from cheap ass gamer on Twitter. Yeah, if I didn't see their updates on that, I would have never got in on that Cyber Monday deal or whatever you want to call it. So
2: no, yeah, I I, I follow them on Twitter. They're they're a great resource for like finding that kind of stuff
1: yeah but um I don't know where you want to start first um do, do you want to talk about the awards yeah and, I mean because
2: they, they were first time wise so we can do that
1: yeah so uh where were you uh this is just uh, this is about a week ago now yeah um, what part of uh california where l a area it was it was downtown
2: we l a it was the um l a live and the Microsoft theater which um I'm trying to think of the most recent thing that you would know that was from there. That's a good question because I don't – because Microsoft's press conference isn't from there. Um, I know they do some things from there, though. And that's where – it's kind of area where the whole EA's big E3 thing this year was at. Oh, okay. So it was in that, that area right there. Um, so, yeah. So we were one of the uh, judges for this year's awards. So – i got to go and be in the audience that was a lot of fun um i and i don't know if this is fair because being there in person is different than watching on tv because if you're watching on tv you can if you're ever bored go do other things but you know, i really like what jeff did with the awards once it got past being the spike things spike things always felt like they didn't care about video games and right. you know, that was just a kind of a background thing. I think I didn't like this year's show qu- quite as much as I liked last year's. I feel like last year's was a little more serious and a little more video gamey. I felt like this year's had a little bit too much uh side nonsense. You know, because you had like three three bands play. And not oh, I'm yeah. say bands, <laughs> but groups, bands play. <laughs> um you had like chick hydrobot that was yeah. there. uh yeah. you had poor kyle bossman doing these really weird skits um it was just i don't know like it, it felt it felt a little more corporate and commercial compared to last year and to be completely fair you know Jeff is putting this stuff on by himself. I give him all the credit in the world. That, yeah,
1: that's a crazy. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't,
2: I can't imagine doing it either. Like, and he needs to pay for the stuff, so I can't blame him for having to do that kind of stuff. But I'm just being honest in that I think like it felt a little more Spike TV than that. You did.
1: you you took the state. Yeah, I I have to admit, I felt it went it reverted a little bit more back to the Spike feeling. Yeah, I and I'm not like taking a, a poo on the on the show, but you know, due to the efforts and work that goes into it. But honestly, that was exactly what I thought.
2: Well, and I guess what rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, um, because this partially affects me and my my preferences, is you know, you had like the fighting game category award announced before the show started. You know, so that you you had like some 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 awards that like that one I considered to be a big award. You know. Yes. And you have the other awards just completely announced before the show started. um, Like Overwatch, when Overwatch won its first award, they said, oh, and also won this, this, and this. Like it was almost like a a kind of secondary thing. Mm -hmm. And one of the weirdest things I thought, at least, and I didn't see this in person, maybe it was on TV, so you can tell me, is typically in awards shows throughout the show, they introduce the nominees for the best whatever of the year, like the top award. And and this year's show, I didn't see any of those kind of introductions throughout the show. Like, you know, here's Overwatch, here's Doom.
1: I thought they did. <clears throat> well, now I'm questioning my memory. So you're saying like up next the award for well, no, best action?
2: I'm saying like 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 what they would they'd done before, and the other awards will do this too. Is that throughout the show, like the Oscars, for example, throughout the show. Right they're introducing you at different times to each of the nominees for for oh like throughout the the night yes throughout the night
1: uh that i don't recall
2: yeah i don't and like i said being there live like i didn't see that and i thought that was really weird so i it's not so much i think the sponsorship stuff i think it's more it felt like the awards were taking too much of a backseat And I don't want that. Like I want the importance of the awards to be, you know, greater.
1: And and back to what you were saying, not to skip around, I did watch the pre-show. And on that one, I know they did best VR game, like best handheld game. Uh, VR game went to Res. Uh, the handheld game, if that, if I'm calling it the correct category, I'm not cheating. Looking at Wikipedia, although I should, it went to Pokemon Go. Yeah, because it was, was
2: it was weird because it was handheld mobile, which I would never combine those two. But yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and look, I think Pokemon Go deserves some sort of recognition. I'm not going to deny that when you've got something that out downloads Facebook and Twitter combined or whatever it is. I mean, you, there's got to be some sort of medal for you. But to say that was, like, the best handheld mobile, like, game, you know, you and I have had this discussion at length that wasn't... Right. It's it, it's evolving, finally, three months after, but it's not really a game, so to speak. So, there was that whole thing. And then, as we said at the top of the uh, hour on the show, I, I you know, I thought the pre-show, I thought the first 30 to 40 minutes, I'm going to be very kind, I didn't think we're bad. No. And then... Boy, once we got into some of those those musical performances and just taking me out of my mindset, I just I turned my laptop on. I had the computer. I was watching it live on the IGN feed app on the IGN app on my TV. And then I turned on my laptop doing work and then I was looking up and down for the last sixty to ninety minutes of the show.
2: Here's the thing. I, I think I think the Doom performance was completely relevant. That yes. that that was totally fine. Um <clears throat> And it's not anything against the other groups that were there. I just didn't understand why they were there. And I think what I would rather see, for, for an example, is you have like an orchestra there, I, and they do yep. like a medley of yep. of major tracks from the games that are nominated for like, you know, best soundtrack or, or best sound or whatever. Like that, something like that, totally appropriate. Um, you know, the the Doom stuff, Totally appropriate. Like, I think if you're going to have musical acts, you have to have a game connection there. Otherwise, I want to know why they're there. I, I keep
1: laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing because I'm thinking of that that rap performance at the end, and I can't get into the text I was getting during that. But I, that's why I keep chuckling.
2: And like I said, but, I, I had no. I had. Um, this is me <laughs> having zero problem with the music. Like, it's not that. It's just the fact that that I think. That was time used where I don't understand why it was used that way. Right. But again, again, uh, you know what? Like I said, All credit in the world of Jeff. He, he, that's, I mean, just the fact that he separated from Spike TV and then he got an awards show up and running at right. all is amazing. And, I, you know, so.
1: I'd be exhausted just booking the venue.
2: Yeah. Yeah. you know
1: what i mean let alone putting the whole production and timing and everything together
2: i mean you know being there live like like during like the downtime and stuff seeing everybody run around and have to like call up people and get people to their seats so they could go up for awards and stuff like it's crazy so like right. i don't i don't even know how you do that
1: what uh what did you think of the zelda they did they did two things they showed a zelda breath of the wild trailer on the pre-show and then teased to watch the show itself for like the gameplay demo. Like I thought the trailer before the show was pretty good. Yeah. You know, I thought it was solid and it, it kept my interest for the main show, but I wasn't crazy about how they No. And it's not a knock on the game. It's not, it's, but that was not the way you should have had like a masterful trailer. If you didn't want to go the route of a live play demo or whatever you want to call it. Like, you need like a Metal Gear or like a Knock It Out of the Park. I don't even want to, I don't even know why I was going to say Call of Duty, but you need something monumental. You well, but yeah, I mean? but, but
2: even like, I mean, you're, you're, you know, Call of Duty, at least it knows how to do like an exciting trailer. I mean, sure.
1: It's like a Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. It's like a Hollywood trailer.
2: I, I think, I think it was a big mistake. Um, I, I thought it was kind of boring what they were showing off. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you know, I think if you're going to do it that style, like, you can't have the people who did it do it. Like, as much as I hate to say this, I, I hate saying this so much. You have to bring in a or multiple YouTubers to do it. You know? People, yeah. People like a, you know, a PewDiePie or Angry Joe or whoever. Like, you have to have people that... Even though a lot of times it's fake, have that excitement about what they're doing—a certain
1: energy level. Yes. Yet at the same time, it's not fake in a sense. They really do know what they're talking about, and know what to look for, and how to talk to gamers.
2: Yes, because you had people playing the game who knew the game, who are making the game, and they can't be exciting and playing it because there's nothing they're seeing for the first time. Because if we're the thing is like they made a big deal about us seeing that footage for the first time, those those sections and stuff. Right. Then you have to convey that excitement of what we're seeing to us. And because there wasn't that excitement, we like it inside, you know, you don't feel like you should be excited because there's nothing showing it. It's like to use a wrestling thing, you know, you can have the best wrestling match in the entire world, but if the crowd is dead during it, that can affect what you think of that match. Oh, sure. You know, same yeah. thing. Like there wasn't that excitement coming from the people who were playing it. So there's, there's no reason for me to feel like it's exciting. It's like, okay, yeah, it's new footage, you know, or maybe it is. I don't know because they're not they're not reacting to it.
1: Now, I know you love this game as an example like Dark Souls, and I'm sure you've gone through it multiple times, and I know you still would get enjoyment and love explaining it, but like I'm assuming you're, you know, if you sat down and did Dark Souls 25 times and then, you know, you had to do something again after seeing it all day every day, and have that level of excitement the same way you did the first time through, it's, I don't think it's going to be the same. Yeah,
2: and, that, I mean, that, and that's the reason, why, the reason why Let's Plays work, if they do, is because these people are experiencing it for the first time and you are probably watching that game, experiencing it for the first time to this person, and so you're having those reactions when things happen and, you, and things you never knew about or hadn't seen yet come up.
1: I'm going to make a really weird statement out of nowhere. With that Zelda play, they didn't have a female playing it, did they? No. Any females? See, and that's that's a card I would have played, especially for Zelda, because I don't know what it is, but there's many people I've met. Over the years, around town, or and I am always surprised at the female fan base that that title that that franchise has. That's another thing I would have done too. Not only would I've I gotten someone like an Angry Joe or a YouTuber, I would have made sure to have a, a female gamer that knew what she was talking about. Yeah, who hadn't seen you, it before.
2: You just bring two in. You have a yeah. very you have a very controlled demo for them. Yep. I mean, you know, he he got to play it for literally seconds, but you know, Reggie can hand a switch to Jimmy Fallon to let him just play the game. You know, you, you can you can set up a section of the game specifically for what you want them to see and then let them just play it and get actual right. real reactions.
1: Right. Now, outside of that, at the show, I think one of the other standouts was uh, Death Stranding. What was your take on that scene that I am that live?
2: so excited for this game. Oh, my God. I am so excited. And and to connect what we were just saying, there's something I was thinking about before the show is that um, – I, like, I have to tell everybody, whenever possible, like watch these things live, if you can. like Watch PSX live, watch the VGAs live, watch the E3 press conferences live, whenever you can, do that. Because, <clears throat> you know, I got to see Death Stranding and then the other big, big trailer that we'll talk about later. Going in without knowing anything about what I was going to be seeing... And I think that makes the experience a lot more interesting and fun, you know, seeing that without having heard anybody say anything or with the other trailer, even knowing what the game was going to be, you know. So and I mean, I'm I'm excited because I have no idea what the hell is going on in Death Stranding. Like, I don't know what the game is. I don't know what the story is. I don't know who the characters are. And you know for some projects, that would just make you frustrated and not want to even care about it anymore, but all of these pieces are coming together perfectly that I am just so so excited and this trailer just like added to that hype,
1: yeah, I mean, a lot of amazing things, everything from the visual shown, and i'm watching this on a standard ten eighty p television through the feed on t v and I know this was shown on four k running on p s four pro. Uh, so many interesting aspects from Del Toro. Yeah, which was like uh, I mean
2: that that was like you know that was surprising and little did we know, but you know.
1: Yeah, what is uh, Mads Mikkelsen? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Oh my
2: god, that was crazy.
1: So pretty much all his, uh, you know. All his compadres yes. or pro- projects he wanted to work on. I also heard recently, and I didn't see this with my own two eyes, all of that of what we've said is fact. I also believe the actress who motion captured and portrayed Quiet in MGS5, I dare say, is also involved in this. I've
2: heard of a rumor or two about who might be introduced next. So I, I think he's going to kind of do... Because uh, my understanding of Del Toro is, was just kind of for the trailer, maybe, and was not necessarily going to be in the final game. Um, but Mads is, of course. And I think... Kojima might be, like, introducing one new character per trailer. Because, um, you know, we've mm-hmm. got a long way to go for this game. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I think next time we see it, we might see another ca- character and then another character after that. So, well,
1: Another interesting element, speaking of the beautiful visuals that came out afterwards in interviews and post-trailer, that the engine that Kojima uh, and team are using is Horizon Zero Dawn's engine called Decima.
2: Yes, like I, I, th- initially there was some confusion because people thought it was the um, the uh, oh my god, uh t- 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 what's the t- second son? Oh god, what is that game? Um, uh, it's the superhero-y kind of game. Infamous. Infamous, yeah, so people thought it was the infamous engine at first, but yeah, it's it's actually Guerrilla Games' um, engine that they're using for Horizon, so...
1: Not to be rude, and this isn't on you, I, I never thought Infamous looked that good.
2: I mean, it didn't look okay. bad, but obviously that was like an earlier kind of thing. Um, you,
1: you know what it felt like to me, and I knew it wasn't this engine, obviously, but it, this all comes down to art direction, and it's probably because it's pretty much the whole same team. I would have never guessed the Horizon Zero Dawn engine Decima because I call it a finish. The finish of the look, kind of like DOA always has a finish we talk about right. like on the visuals. It, it, it had that metal gear finish. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. On the character models and stuff. Yeah. But uh, and now I think they also have a small satellite office uh in Europe with uh, Gorilla.
2: I mean so. I mean to be fair, Gorilla has been um you know, along with Naughty Dog, that they're one of the companies in with within Sony that has been known for their kind of pushing the hardware and the visuals and stuff like that. Uh but I think what's interesting to me is that if if you know for for his very first game with his new studio, they are putting all their effort into this engine. Like, are they really only going to use it once? Or, oh, you know, because my thinking would be this is only a PS4 engine. I mean, possibly PC as well, but I have to think like the main focus is PS4. Right. So, is this kind of setting him up to then do a second game that's also a PS4 exclusive? Hmm. I I don't know, but I, I just I just feel like that if when, you, like if you're a Sony studio using Guerrilla's engine, that makes complete sense. But if you're an outside studio using Guerrilla's engine, like, are you really wanting to commit to a platform specific engine, unless you? Have, maybe have plans Oh, from I see there. what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's not like using the Unreal Engine where he can do an exclusive, but then still right. branch out with what they've learned for other consoles.
2: Mm. But I mean... Yeah, that's it. I mean, and this is, you know, I don't mean to rag on the Xbox here, but maybe it's getting to a point where it doesn't matter, you know, that that being on the PS4 is enough. Because we're starting to see more and more games that are doing that.
1: Well, and it's interesting because since August... Xbox One S has technically outsold PlayStation each month the last four months, but I have to t- I really except for feel November. Like this-
2: November just came out.
1: Oh, re- I didn't yes. know that. I didn't know that. I, I well, okay, because I was going to say I'm not sticking up for Microsoft, but you know, after this show that Sony put on, I you know, I felt like if there was any momentum lost the last few months, this show really put them back on the map, at least in people's minds. Yeah. You know, with everything that came out.
2: And I, and I mean I mean to be fair I mean. You know, Sony just announced that they're at fifty million consoles worldwide. Yes, um, yes. They're they're still, I mean, worldwide install base. I think is still at least two to one, even with the catching up the Xbox did. Like I think right. I think they were saying that Xbox, in order to catch up to where PS4 is at in America, and this is I'm just mm-hmm. this is off the top of my head. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Was that they would have to keep going sales wise. With that, with that difference of Xbox being first until, like, 2020 or something like that.
1: Wow. But so they'd have to be dominant for, like, the next three-plus years solid? I, I,
2: I said – that's what I feel like I remember reading. Right. But the wow. difference is big enough that, yes, the Xbox outsold the PS4 during the last few months. But wow. in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean a lot. Hmm. And again, like, I mean, wow. this isn't against the Xbox. This is just, just real-life numbers and facts is – is that the the PS4 is ahead enough at this point that for some companies, it just might not matter. And for contributors maybe it doesn't matter. You know, maybe he's just, so I don't know.
1: We haven't even talked about the game that pretty much put the last nail in that coffin for Xbox with these uh, numbers wars. And that was the shocking announcement of Windjammers.
2: (laughs) That was PSX. That was PSX. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. You're jumping ahead.
2: <laughs> and I know I know how excited you are for Windjammers, but you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself here.
1: <laughs> but, but Back at the VGA. So before we get over to PSX, because there is a lot to cover there.
2: Cause I was, was um, going to look and see, like, what was really announced at the VGA's. Like, like what else? That, that
1: Death Stranding trailer was obviously the main, like, the diamond, you know, for that show. And and to
2: be clear, um, like, I'm not a Kojima like hardcore fan. Like uh-huh. um the last Metal Gear salad I played was two, with the exception of ground zeros. So I've okay. I've not played three, four, or five. So it's not like I am a hardcore oh my God, I love Kojima so much, you know, I have this poster on my wall kind of person. <laughs> so my excitement from this is genuinely I'm excited for the concept and the idea and whatever it's gonna be.
1: Hmm. Well, there obviously seems to be some sort of a war element to it. I mean, I think which, which Yeah, assuming. I
2: mean, which, of course, you know, it's Kojima, so I don't think he can not... It's like, it's like how, uh, oh, God, uh, uh, Michael Bay, like, can't <laughs> not have explosions and soldiers and American flags in his movies, you know? Like, right. I think right. Kojima can't not do uh, soldiers of some kind.
1: Right. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't know if you want to jump into uh, – I don't know. If we've talked about kind of the 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 slump of the show. We've talked about the highs. We've talked about the weird in the pseudo-relationship of Kojima and Kili. Um On this Video Game Awards topic, do you want to wrap it up with closing thoughts on Overwatch or your thoughts on uh, Overwatch winning Game of the Year? Um,
2: I mean I, I know some people are, are raw about that, you know. Um, I I personally I was pulling for Overwatch. I was very very happy when it was announced as a winner. Uh, the thing is though, is like this was a really good year. Like like it was interesting because every game that was nominated for the the main award, like I thought every game deserved to be there. There wasn't a game I was like, well, that really shouldn't have gotten nominated, you know, or anything like that. Um, right. So I I thought it was uh, it was tough. You know, it was tough as the to which one won. I'm I'm glad Overwatch won just because it was something new and different. I know people are gonna say it's just Team Fortress two, so it's not new and different, but uh yeah, I was glad that it won. It should have won. So
1: You think uh do you think it'll be back next year?
2: Do I think Overwatch will be back next year?
1: Oh no no uh, do you think you'll be back oh. at VGAs next year?
2: Um that's a good question. Yeah, I mean if I'm still here at EGM I would assume so
1: they treat you good uh, all the people there do they have like i don't know this is how my mind works they they treat you good like you get to meet and greet anyone they no any, it's like, it's not it's not like or...
2: that it's 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 a very low-key kind of thing oh okay and we were all just sitting in the audience together and stuff like that and and okay. so, i mean because i think um because i had in my mind like the vegas one and the vegas one seemed very oscar-y mm-hmm. in terms of like tables and things like that and this was oh, literally wow. just like in like a, a you know kind of like a conference a, a concert hall or something like
0: that Mm. Uh, Real quick, though,
2: um, I'm trying to think of anything that was worthwhile. There was Bulletstorm coming back that's going to have Duke Nukem in it now. (laughs) Nobody cares. Telltale is doing yet another game, Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Oh, you know, I think I missed that announcement. Honestly, I must have been looking at my computer.
2: Yeah, so they can't stop really? doing adventure games.
1: That that's gonna be big. That's gonna be big for. Uh,
2: there's a game called Dauntless, which is a co-op RPG on PS. I mean, I'm sorry, on, on PC. I think they shut off more Lawbreakers. More, I'm actually excited for Prey. They shut off more Prey, and I'm yeah. I'm kind of curious about that. Um, the Walking Dead season three, Mass Effect and Andromeda gameplay. So there were, I mean, like there wasn't in like super super big. But there were, you know, some things.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, not bad. But uh, so now I know we talked about this earlier and I have uh, Alzheimer's. But uh, so once again, you were not present for the PlayStation experience. I was going to go.
2: Like I, I was planning on going, if nothing else, at least for the Saturdays. I could go to like Capcom Cup and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, I was one of the people who got Final Fantasy uh, 15 right before release. So I was actually ah. still at home playing it for my review. Mm-hmm. So, okay.
1: Well, we'll do another little plot. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, for those who are impatient as you listen and you're like, I got to know what Molly said about Final Fantasy 15, <laughs> one of the most epic JRPGs of the last decade and a half, you can bring that up on your screen at egmnow.com while you listen to the latest. And greatest GVGP episode 22. And uh, you can tweet all of your love and no hate to Molly online at Molly Penn on Twitter, M-O-L-L-I-P-E-N. And find me at 24BitAJE with the number two and the number four. So Final Fantasy fifteen was in the house. But before we get to that PlayStation experience, I'm assuming you experienced it the same as myself and millions of others live online, possibly via Twitch.
2: I had to wake up early on a Saturday.
1: Yeah, I actually thought of you in that respect. Yes. I'm not joking, because I know uh, you don't like to do anything before ten ten thirty in the morning. Pretty much, yes.
2: Like, I yeah, I on the weekends don't even consider anything going on with me before those <laughs> hours. But um, yeah, I got up and and I wasn't sure, you know, because you just never know about these kind of things. I had hoped that it was gonna be fun, and it was it was a reasonably fun show. Like I said, I don't think it was the best thing in the world, but it was actually. There was some really cool stuff. And uh, I, you know, close to my heart, Sony actually admitted that they released a system called the PlayStation Vita.
1: Oh, yes. They
2: remembered that it does exist. So that made me at least a little bit happy.
1: You know what this is like? This is like the checklist you and I talked about Microsoft had after all of their blunders the last couple of years, like everything from backwards compatibility to used games to interface and they've just been knocking all of that stuff out and what i felt this playstation experience did was anything that people had negative to say about so like um a- anything from titles of yesteryear or of their you know original glory days to uh you know to them snubbing vita for so long it was like anything anything negative online that they'd seen over the last like 18 to 24 months they tried to either acknowledge or bring to the forefront at this show.
2: Well the one the one that I would say they didn't acknowledge and was a big disappointment because there were kind of rumors going around that it might be announced was the whole um changing your PSN name oh. was being rumored for being part of like announced the show. Hmm. And so that wasn't there. And I think like I would say game wise, you're correct. But I think the one thing I like better about Microsoft right now is that they're also doing that. Well, they're not. Microsoft's not doing it as much game-wise, which is the big thing that they should be doing. You know, that's the more important thing. But Microsoft right. is really doing it system-wise, and I think Sony isn't um, because also you know, and I'll get into this a little bit more. You know, in a certain game we announced, but you know, like PS One backward compatibility. Like, why does that still not exist? Why is that not a thing? And and especially now, I mean, I, I know it would be weird because it would feel like kind of like half-assed backward compatibility because it's not what everybody really, really wants. But it's a thing that we all kind of know actually could happen because, you know, the Xbox One's micro- backward compatibility has gotten to be so good at this point. Right. And we're getting to a point where games are coming to that and they're playing better than they did on the Xbox 360. And that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous that it is I don't I don't know if it's called emulation. I don't know if it's actually emulation or what it is, but whatever they're doing to make those games playable, that you're getting you know better frame rates, you're getting no screen tearing on some games and stuff like that. So whenever Sony announces Hey, we've got this PS2 game that's now playable on PS4. It's, it's hard to get excited. Because Sony's like, here, here are trophies. And Microsoft's like, here, the game plays better now.
1: Well, here's my problem. I would totally be on this PlayStation 4 bandwagon for PS1 and other classic titles to come over, uh, legitimately. Like, this is something I would want. But the reason I never open my mouth about it and don't have a care for it right now is because I have so many purchased on my PS3, which I still have hooked up, and I would love them on my PS4, by the way, is that the only way I would get behind this is if not only does Sony do that, which they should, but they go, look, it's, you know, we can read your account, and similar to Microsoft, all of your PlayStation, let's just say the PlayStation 1 classics, let's start with that. All the ones you've purchased on PS3 will feed over to your PS4. Well, no,
2: I, yeah, they would, ha- they would have to do that. Like, if they try to resell yeah. those games, that's ridiculous. Like, what they're doing with the PS2... Like, I bought a lot of PS2 games digitally on the PS3. Absolutely. And to ha- now have to... It's like they're pulling the Nintendo. It's like, yep. okay, now rebuy them, but they've got trophies now. And I'm like, I don't care about trophies. Like, I just want my games that I bought. But at the least, at the very, very minimal least, at least putting, like, PS1, and if you bought them already, you have them on there, would be something. But, like, we haven't even yeah. gotten that.
1: Right. Well, as for uh, the show, uh, the third PlayStation experience uh, at the Anaheim Convention Center, uh, December 3rd, um, th- there was a lot going on. Yeah. The show started off with uh, Uncharted uh, single-player. I'm assuming that was DLC, not yeah. a completely separate no. game. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, everything from that, i am just run over some stuff and then we can go back. Everything from that to... Marvel versus Capcom four slash you know being called Infinite. That was a big um, thing. That was. I mean, it was spoiled. Their, yeah. It was
2: spoiled, but that was a big thing.
1: Right. Um, UMVC three going up digitally, yeah. physical version. I think exclu- exclusive coming to GameStop mm-hmm. in a few months. But yeah, UMVC was up uh, that day for twenty five. I bucks. didn't
2: think that was ever coming back. Like, I mean, that's kind of like the because <laughs> when we got to the point where like they they're not selling it anymore and you can't get the <clears> DLC <throat> anymore, so like. Right. It seemed like the rights issues were to a fact that the game just kind of was going to be gone. So that was really right. surprising.
1: Yeah, I mean, every uh, the gentleman that presented, I can't remember his name right now, but Sean he even Wait- had the Sean. He had the Wipeout shirt on.
2: I was I was going to say like it, it was funny. He made that joke, which was nice because you know he like he had the Crash T-shirt on the one year and he got in trouble. Well, what started him in trouble was he had the Vib Ribbon T-shirt on. <laughs> And everybody's like, you you can't you can't wear that in this country because that game never came out here. <laughs> like that is just rubbing it in our noses. And finally, that you know did come over. Um, and then he had the crash shirt on, and then you know that whole thing. So when he came out with the Wipeout, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, are you just like a troll? Like, are you gonna make people like mad at you? So thankfully, he addressed that and got the reveal like right away. And it's it's cool because it's it's a collection of. Like, three of the games. It's the PS- yeah. PS3 game, the yep. Vita game, and then one other one. I think one XL
1: or other one. 2048 or XL, which was the most popular at the time. The real breakout one for that series. This, the second one, XL, I think it was. Yeah. But, yeah, all phenomenal titles. I'm um, very excited. I think that's summer 2017, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, I think it's not too far.
1: <clears throat> and then even that day jumping around on PlayStation era, you know, like, memories, uh, the Parappa the Rapid demo uh, hit
2: yeah I'm kind of um, like uh, I love Proppa, but first of all again going back to I have it on PS1 so and I and I bought it and then I bought it on PSP so I don't oh, know if I want to buy Proppa again again um, but as much as I love Proppa, like um, Jammer Lammy is a better game and so I kind of wish we'd gotten that at least the same time Maybe in the future, I don't know. Maybe
1: not to jink. Maybe they'll do a maybe a little surprise and put both on there or something. You know, obviously Parappa has the name. I'm yes, sure that's Parappa the big,
2: has the the that's brand.
1: The, yeah, but the game itself, you know, it's a different different story. But um, and then
2: uh, Patapon and Loco Roco. Yeah, time. that's right. So.
1: Yeah, I mean it was just left and right, uh, one thing after another. Uh, I'm just taking a look at the list here. I already gave the big spoiler earlier, the one that the world was uh, talking about, uh, Windjammers.
2: Yes. That was – because it's interesting because there – I wish I had the poll because I know there's a Twitter poll about which SNK game you'd want to see next. And so Windjammers is really exciting just because that's a game that hasn't been done, you know, previously. Um in any like I don't think it's been in any collection, has it?
1: No, and I think Dot Emu is doing it. If I'm not mistaken, which yeah. It's not M2 or yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit Amster, worried but... about
2: that. Um, yeah, but so I hope, but I don't know because I is is Dot Emu doing the PC version? Or, like, a PC version. And then, like, is Code Mystics doing the PS4 or is Dot .me doing the PS4 version as well?
1: Mm, that information I don't know. Because Code Mystics
2: the are the time. ones who did the Last Blade 2. And I think they also did Middle Slip 3. Mm. But um, I'm a little bit worried about that. But it's exciting because it's a game that has barely been touched before. And it's right. going to have online now and everything. It's, it's, it's neat. But... I hate to be a you know bitch about this, but <laughs> we're getting such a weird piece mailing of Neo Geo stuff Yeah, because we have these. We have the let's put effort, quote unquote, into them games. Metal Slug 3, Last Play 2, uh, Mark of the Wolves, Mark of the Wolves, which came out. Yeah, which that's right. It's that out day today. they released it. That's yeah, right. Mark of the Wolves and now Windjammers. Uh, so we have those. And then we have the PS2 games brought back to PS4 which had King of Fire 2000 as the first game. And then we're going to have the Hamster Arcade Archives that will give us... Which are my personal n- favorite ones of the Neo, bunch in terms Neo, of the- Neo Geo games. Yeah. So yeah. there's like currently three different ways for Neo Geo games to come to the PS4, and it's, <laughs> it's a little weird. Right. But, yeah. So, yeah, Mark of the Wolves and Windjammers, you know, that's that's exciting.
1: Yeah, so uh, a lot of interesting SNK news. Uh it also is worth noting, uh, I think it's unfair if we don't mention it. Uh King of Fighters 14 getting that surprise update.
2: Yeah, I texted I texted Anthony about that. Like they got an yeah. update to update the uh improve the graphics.
1: Some of the lighting and textures to an extent giving it a little bit of a makeover. So uh Which by the way, I'm of, sorry.
2: Uh to go back real quick, I also think didn't Sam show 5? get announcements analysis oh, coming as as the PS2 to PS4
1: Yeah, I think that came out already and I completely ignored it. Did it? it.
0: Hmm. Yeah,
1: I think it did. I think uh, as of this recording on what is it Thursday the 8th, I think yesterday or the other day, I think Japan got the Arcade Archives Oh really? Uh, hamster port of the original Sam Show. Which we haven't gotten yet. The last Neo Geo one we got from Arcade Archives slash Hamster was a few days ago. The original Metal Slug, which I did download.
2: Oh, did we get that?
1: Yeah. So Metal Slug, if you go know. on your US PlayStation Four account, you can get it seven ninety
2: nine. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, yeah, so so, I, da- so uh, I was wrong. It's it's actually Sam Show Six, not five. That's right. And you're yeah, right. I knew it, that's what you you're meant. right. It did just come out. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so again, an example of like so many different ways to get Neo Geo games
1: right with all of these ways I wonder if the one that I would like to see come via emulation and I would love the Arcade Archives people to do it Pulse Star.
2: yeah
1: there's a lot of, uh, we'll there's have a lot of not, good
2: like yeah. lesser known games that, that and I think I think Arcade Archives is the best way to get those like I think that's yeah. the one that's yep. willing to do kind of the more obscure stuff
1: Japan has been well. I shouldn't say tormenting me because we have other ways of getting them right now. But like, I see that they've got Fatal Fury recently. They got the original Samurai Showdown. One that is irking me. This is not SNK related. Please hurry. Well, two things. Please hurry up and get us Atomic Robo Kid, which came out like three months ago, and please get us um, Darius.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: I don't know what the timing issue on that is, but yeah.
2: There, so. There's so many of these arcade archive games I want to. I want to get like I. I wish they were just a little bit cheaper. Like what
1: are uh, what are we paying right now? Eight. Yeah, eight. I
2: kind of I kind of yeah. wish they were five. Yeah.
1: No, I know.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. But so, King of Fighters, like that's, and and let's be clear, this isn't this isn't making King of Fighters like a beautiful game at this point. <laughs> but it's a it's a surprising and major change, and yes. and it's yes. it's really good to see, SNK like putting that work in and uh, I, I mean i think like you don't expect something like that to happen. so no. you know it's not nothing but kudos to them for releasing it i haven't had a chance to look at it live yet i've seen the comparison screenshots um but yeah i mean full full credit to snk for doing that
1: yeah yeah that was nice for fans you know uh one of the more beautiful games i thought at the show which made me think of you uh gravity rush 2
2: yes which it, 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 but it's interesting because we don't have the game yet, and they, they kind of announced, like, the, the side DLC pack. It, it's free, to be fair, but oh, okay. it's interesting to me that, like, the game, we don't have the game out, and they're like, here's more content right. for the game you don't have yet. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm really hey, excited.
1: I have kind of a jab to throw. You know what one of the more shocking announcement was, uh, announcements was? Because who the heck funded this?
2: Knack 2. Nakd, yes. Neo Gaff's favorite game, Nakd 2.
1: I don't understand, like, and I never played the original. To be fair, and I know at the when, at the time when they came out, it was something for people to play in a little bit of a platformer. You know, it wasn't like great from what I understood. But like, there's a game that like never in a million years. Like, if I could have sat there all day and you could have said, "Hey, guess which," you know, Sony first party title or whatever is getting a sequel, I would have never guessed it. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm guessing this is probably like a really cheap game to make. Mm. Like it's not going to cost a lot of money to 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 put together, and it'll be, you know, that kind of game that, that Sony needs for for like families and younger players, right. or you know when they need a pack in for like a family bundle, kind of thing. You know, like how, how Xbox One is doing, like, Minecraft, which obviously the it's, Knack. It's I'm not saying Knack is a Minecraft, trust me. I know that <laughs> there's a gigantic difference right. there.
0: Right,
2: But that's something kind of like, you know, they just, oh, it's going to be a good pack-in or, you know, something like that. Like, I think they just needed some little more variety, and it's probably, like I said, they, it it was like seizing using a lot of the same assets from the first game. So it's probably not going to cost that much money. It's, it's, it's kind of like, I mean, how, you know, you have a game that'll come out, and then... You have like a, a spin off or a pseudo sequel or whatever. And it's just like because it was cheap to make, because all the assets were there, didn't have to put a lot of extra work into it. And you can put it out there and sell it for some money. It'll, it'll be like 40 bucks or something like that, you know, probably. So.
1: Now, if you'll forgive me for taking us down a side road for just a few minutes, it's not PlayStation Experience related, but we're talking about Knack, which made me think of platformers, which made me think of. What I'd done recently, so on Thanksgiving Day, I actually spent a good chunk of time with the PlayStation VR oh. uh, firsthand. This is more than just a demo over the summer at Best Buy. I probably put in at least two hours on Thanksgiving Day, and I so two things mainly. I I played Res. I did the first area, kind of getting back in the swing of things, and I only missed one enemy. By the way, so wow. I got like a ninety-nine point three percent ratio, of first time out on VR. And then I did the uh, final, the brand new area, Area X. So that was a pretty amazing experience. I will give that two thumbs up. I actually I actually uh,
2: just got my physical copy of Res. finally.
1: I have to ask you this because I don't have VR firsthand. I played this at a uh, friend's house at Neil's, uh, GVGP alumni. Um, is Rez playable without VR? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, completely. It is. Yeah.
1: And is the is the physical copy available for all to buy? No, it
2: was like a limited edition thing. The, you, you, had the, you, you, had, you had to order me? it like months ago.
1: Why are you telling me that?
2: <laughs> I guess to make you jealous? I don't know.
1: Just, Can I ask how much it was?
2: Uh, it was too much. I think, was it like 50? Why? Or 40 hmm. or 50? I think it was 50. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. But, but it's um, not,
2: because it's, it's through Um, I Am 8-Bit. Which I'd never oh, dealt with them before, and I have
1: for vinyl
0: records. Yeah,
2: it wasn't the best experience, and I think so. I'm kind of used to like, um, you know, for those who know limited run games, they're mm-hmm. a company who's been putting a lot of work into bringing digital only games out in physical versions, like limited right. you know runs. Um, so I'm I'm used to what they do. So when I got my res, it kind of sucks because it has a couple of these, like, PSVR-enhanced graphics on the cover. Oh. You know, kind of like how they, they always stick those sticker kind of things on. Yeah. You know?
1: Oh, I see what you're, I see what you're yeah, saying. And like the old Neo Geo freak uh, stamp of approval kind of.
2: Well, it's kind of like the, <laughs> like, you know, whenever there's, like, a peripheral thing, they want to make sure you know it also works with peripherals like, right. cover up some of the artwork with the that kind of, like, badge and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, like... This is a limited edition being sold to, like, hardcore collectors. Like, why would you give it this super casual, gonna be on a shelf in Walmart kind of cover? Right. So that kind of bugs me. I don't know why they did that, but...
1: Well, the... um... The other aspect besides Res, and I won't stay on this too long, we we're talking about NAC, which made me think of platformers. I did get to experience, and I don't know if it's their version of the playroom. I don't know if they have a specific name for it. But I played that platformer, which they have kind of a teaser on there. It's, I'd say a couple levels. I have to admit, I don't use this word lightly. For what you could do with VR and how it worked... I will say it was amazing. Hmm. I will say it was pretty amazing. Like, in terms of, and I know there were people online, I believe, who were kind of saying, like, if this were Nintendo, this would be, like, the next step. Like, you know how you had Mario, and then you had Mario 64, which reinvented it, and with 3D graphics and polygons, they felt that they could see Mario, like, this would have been the next step for Mario. Um, And it's with the little robots, you know what I'm talking about? That little mascot on like on the PlayStation camera and the playroom, you know, so they have like that in a, uh, and here's the thing. It is such a ripoff in some ways of the Mario series. Like (laughs) when you look at the world itself, like when you choose the world to go into, it is very reminiscent of Super Mario Galaxy. Hmm. Except when you're playing though, like it's like your standard Green Hill Zone type level, green level. I know that's Sonic. But like as to be expected with VR, when you look right, left, up, behind you you know you get that just you get that vantage point and it's kind of interesting how it works for like finding hidden areas and then there's certain aspects where you can only get certain items or certain secret areas by doing it in tandem with the second player so i mean there's the potential for unique or more engrossing gameplay experience with the vr helmet with that so I figured I had to make note of that. So for something that Sony has to offer, and I would assume, I don't know if there's going to be like a full game for that or if that was it, like I can't imagine a AAA studio who has, you know, um, the know-how for to make a good platformer not doing this, you know? So yeah, yeah I, I wanted to, I don't know if you'd seen that, but that was that was pretty darn good. And then I also did a... Sh- it was kind of like the heist. I don't think I'm calling it the right thing. It reminds yeah, me of I don't, or the get-
2: it's like Is it the, the getaway or lockdown? Yeah, or re- like that's that?
1: exactly it. It reminded me of the getaway. If it wasn't the getaway, it totally reminded me of that. It had that Sony look. And I got to do like the shooting gallery type segment and stuff where each respective move controller was like your right and left hand. And then upon looking down, you see your hands and gloves. Right hand to pick up weapon, pistol. Left hand to pick up the cartridge and reload. Uh, that was very well done, so I got I got some pretty good experiences with uh, PlayStation VR. A couple weeks. It's
2: ago. funny because I I literally this week just um, brought it home so my wife could try it. Oh okay. So she tried it for the first time and like it was so funny because she was completely blown away by the demo disc's main menu, like just that alone. Oh, like yeah. Like freaked her yeah. out. And then she did like the underwater thing.
1: Oh yes, yes. Yeah. I didn't play it firsthand, but I saw it on screen with the
2: shark. Yeah, and she, that
1: that is that crazy. Kind of her,
2: and then she tried a few other things, but then it's funny because the game that when when we got in the office and I was trying it, the game that I had to stop on was Drive Club. And so I had her try to Drive Club, and that was also the game she had stopped on because like it was just making her sick.
1: I. So that's interesting. I brought that up to Neil because I know he's a big Drive Club fan mm-hmm. and he enjoys it. And I'm not, like, just saying this to knock it. One of the few or one of the VR games that got strong feedback in terms of it affecting people was Drive Club. Yeah. But I didn't play that one firsthand. He was playing it, and he was showing me, and he he seemed to be doing okay. But I have heard that about Drive Club as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was when I crashed. Like, that just made it so I couldn't play anymore. Um, But her, it was just, like, kind of driving around, you know. And she was doing okay up to that. But then that game, for some reason, just set her off, so...
1: Mm. Oh, and I did the Resident Evil Seven huh? demo. <laughs> I did the Resident Evil Seven demo. Did you? Have you done the? I'm. I don't know if it's the same one as the kitchen demo that was shown last year. But have you done the current RE Seven VR demo?
2: I did kitchen. Okay, but I've. Well, I'm spoil, I did. I did, so. a, I did a tiny bit when when they first. Um. when they first revealed RE7 at E3 this year, mm-hmm. right after that, was it It was this year. Was it this year? I'm so getting I'm so confused now.
1: And last year, I think, was Kitchen because then you made mention this year about somehow it was the demo you had seen or it was called Kitchen at the time before it was called Resident Evil 7, something like that.
2: Because this, this was the year... Yes, it was this year because it was before, before PSVR launched. Um, so they had a big setup there and I tried RE7 but I only got like five minutes into it and I couldn't do it anymore. Okay. So I don't know which demo that was, if that was like the one you did or not.
1: It's the one, uh, it, you know, maybe the whole ordeal was no more than ten minutes you're sitting in the chair and then the other gentleman comes okay, over with the knife. Okay, that's Kitchen. Oh.
2: That's not the RE7 demo. Okay. That is very specifically Kitchen. That is, so previously when, so when Capcom first sharded showing this game off they never said it was already you know Resident Evil at all Mm -hmm. they called it kitchen and all it was was what you played it was like a five minute demo of you like Mm -hmm. tied up in a kitchen something like that and the interesting thing was is that they never showed video of it so the only people who knew what it looked like outside of Capcom were those who tried it at events and I think it went for, like, a year where, like, there was never video of it out there. You had, to, you had to play it live to know what it was. And then this year when they revealed RE7, then that's when they made the Kitchen Connection. And then they started having it at other shows. And then finally, like, video of it came out and the demo came out and stuff.
1: Now, not to beat a dead horse, you, did you experience this one firsthand, Kitchen?
2: Yeah, this I, this I this I have played fully.
1: Okay. <laughs> I you know, I knew how it was going to end. You could kind of predict it, but it was still uh, cool to see. I will tell you this. If I wasn't if I wasn't with a group of people around me and I and and I just didn't, you know, so pre- predictably see how it was going to end, even though it was still awesome. I could see a full-blown game like Resident Evil 7 when it comes out. Like if you're playing that at home by yourself in your VR and you're in that world, so to speak, I, I could see you having a heart attack.
2: I think, I think if anything, I think horror games are going to be the ones that benefit most from VR. Because it, I think that's where you really get that extra experience that playing it non-VR can't do.
1: Can I say this to fans? It's like a spoiler kind of, but like you know how it ends. When you're in the chair, and you tur- at the very end, you turn around and to describe it for those that don't know, the it's a female. I dare say, like a Japanese female zombie. It's like it's like out of one of those a stereotypical Japanese horror film. But um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It doesn't really look Resident Evil, but it's that stereotypical. Kind of like
2: ring or something like that.
1: Yeah, pale white. You know, picture yeah. that, like hissing and. And at the end, you turn around and then she's like right in your face. And I think like puts her hands over your face. But like, I mean, if you're if you're into the mood or into a game and you're playing and you know, you're not and you're going on this long journey. And then, you know, those moments will startle you. But like in VR. I mean, you will shit your pants. (laughs) Yes, you will absolutely shit your pants and a game that. I would never play in VR because I only did a few hours on standard a couple of years ago. A game that doesn't get talked about much, Outlast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I guarantee you, if I played Outlast on there with that type of VR quality, I'd be. You wouldn't be talking to me right now. I'd be dead. Yeah, I mean, people. I think. I think people could really get st- like startled to a point of harm. You know.
2: I'm curious. I'm curious to see. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I, said, uh, yeah. I, I said. I said. I think that's the horror is one of the the biggest ones that will benefit from VR. So,
1: yeah. But uh, to, now that we're off that side road, I wanted to get that out before I forgot. Here on GBGP twenty two, uh, as we are now at approximately the seventy five minute mark, we'll try to wrap up in the next fifteen or twenty as we continue talking about uh, <coughs> the last, the final aspects of the PlayStation experience. So,
2: um, there was like Akuma was revealed, Akuma a.k.a. Goki for Street Fighter V. No surprise. But the big surprise, this has gotten some very, very mixed reactions, is that when they announced Akuma, they announced, so, you know, it's it's season two. It's going to be six characters. Akuma is the only returning character this season. Every other character that they're going to put in the game this season is they said is new to Street Fighter. Now, I like that. My understanding is that they kind of clarified that to mean new to the main Street Fighter franchise. (laughs) So let me give you an example. And I'm not saying this is the case. But for example, um, Morgan was in Marvel vs Street Fighter. Was it X Men vs Street Fighter? What was it?
1: She was in uh, everything from CVS to. Um, I almost wanted to say Capcom Fighting Jam, but I know she was in other things. Yeah, she I was, think it's she no. I know, but
2: I'm, just, I'm thinking specifically like X Men vs Street Fighter. Was it X Men? No wait. Was it X Men? Versus- Ma-
1: no, she wasn't. In, I don't think she was in that one. Uh, Marvel
2: vs. Well, but that's I guess like I guess the reason I'm not using that is because that's that's called Capcom, not Street Fighter. So I guess just, just to just to give you an example, I mean it doesn't have to be Morgan, but so like if they were in a like Street Fighter versus something game, right? <clears throat> that doesn't mean they would be disqualified. And potentially also if they're like in Street Fighter EX, they may or may not be disqualified. <laughs> That that's a question. The big question right now is what do they mean by completely new? Like completely new to the main Street Fighter 1 2 Alpha 3 4 5 kind of thing or or completely new to anything that says Street Fighter or Capcom versus. But I'm I am excited kind of like you're mentioning, you know, that's a good idea. I'm excited because it's going to bring some freshness to the game and I like that and I don't want it to just be, oh, look, Blanca's back. Oh, look, E-Honda's back. Oh, look, Sagat is back. You know, I don't even want Akuma. Seriously, I don't want Akuma. But <laughs> but I'm also worried because of how iffy and how kind of unstable the ground is underneath Street Fighter Five's feet right now. Like, I don't know that this is what the game needs. As much as I would hate to see it, maybe it does need okay. Here's Akuma and Sagat and Sakura and all those characters you love so much in season two. You know, to bring more people in. That's why I'm kind of worried about it. I don't know. What
1: I think they need to do, and this goes against the whole theory of the one SF5 release only, no updates, everything is online. And then, on a side note, I thought I saw something where they said they plan to support the game through 2020 or something crazy like that. Yeah, like five years. whether that's to be believed or not, I think to get people, everyone needs to get on the same page, and they need to release another disc, like let's be realistic, let's say Spring, you know, you've got your early adopters like us who are going to buy add-on packs and all that stuff, but to get new people, and so there's less confusion, and then when they pop the disc and they don't have to go through a whole store of 87 items. They need to get a disc out complete with all the content. Like call it a season – like SF5 season, season 2 complete or SF5 complete 2017, whatever you want to call it. And they need it where when you pop that disc in, everyone's got everything.
2: I've got no problem with that. I mean because the thing is, is I think when I think one version, that means if I bought the original disc for example – that it would work for the rest of the game's existence. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. all they need to promise. And as long as they keep that promise, I've got no problem with them every year having a, you know, 2017 version, 2018 version, or, you know, season one complete, season two complete, whatever like right. that. Like I've got no problem with that. I, I don't think anybody... I mean, I guess the, the argument is, in, well, I should have just waited a year and bought it. But I think the hardcore players, I think... I would like to think the hardcore players a aren't going to care because they've gotten a year of gameplay. Right, out they of have it. to.
1: That, it, it's an experience in your life. Yes. Not to get sound cheesy. Like the difference between me, the difference to, between someone buying a 3DS right now for a hundred bucks and you and I spending two fifty-five years ago is we had five years of 3DS. Right.
2: and I would also like to believe that Street Fighter Five players want more players to be here. Exactly, you know, to to ensure. The life of this game, and to ensure it continues to update and stuff like that, and to just to have people online to fight against. So I would be I would be surprised and disappointed if if current owners would be that mad if a you know season one complete disc came out.
1: Yeah, definitely. As I long mean, as
2: they'd... as long as the version I have right now is is still completely the, the version I need for the entire rest of the game
1: right yeah very interesting and then the the Capcom uh, news doesn't start there I think we talked about it a little you had Marvel versus Capcom Infinite I'm hoping they take a different approach with that and just everything's in there out of the box well it's or...
2: um it's it's 2v2 though which is really surprising oh I didn't ca-
1: you know what I saw the first footage and you know that didn't even click with me
2: and I think they were saying that it's kind of like um you don't call in supports. So what? it's weirdly sounding very Street Fighter cross techany I don't know. Wow. I'm really, I'm curious. Like I I don't know what to think about it right now. Wow. But we'll see.
1: Hmm. Uh, let's see. We've covered a lot. Ah, uh, there's wow. uh,
2: two two Yasuko games, two new Yakuza titles are coming west.
1: Yeah, The Song of Life in Kiwami
2: army and then part six
1: yeah i love yakuza i got nothing against it um i'm happy for yakuza fans i I got nothing against it i i put a lot of time into three and four in particular great experiences um it's just too much too, too much going on for me right now in general in gaming um but i am interested to see what other people who are more hardcore yakuza fans than i you know i picked up every one up through uh um, the zombie one which the name is escaping me right now so you know i've i've been there with the series but it's just there's so much stuff coming molly i mean no uh, I,
2: I, and i i know i know how you feel and that's kind of why i'm not so into this but let me let me do ask the listeners if anybody out there listener wise um if we have any like hardcore yakuza fans
1: i know we've got one usagi okay i know we got one so
2: I'll at least ask him and then potentially anybody else out out there If I'm only going to play one Yakuza game, which one do I play? Mm. And the one I own... Well, I think I own more because of like really cheap sales or Mm -hmm. getting them free or something. But the one physical copy I know I for sure own is Yakuza 2 on PS2, which I wanted to play because that took place in Osaka. And that's where I lived. So I was really excited to play that one. Um, And I don't know... If there's a Yakuza 2 remake?
1: Mm, uh, ooh. I was going to be quick to say no, but I thought there might have been some weird Wii remaster or Wii, something odd. And I don't know if Sony got one in Japan. There was an odd tweaking of one of those, but I, I don't have the facts in yeah, front I don't
2: of know. So, so I said, if anybody listening is a Yakuza fan, if I'm going to play one and only one, which one do I play? Mm. That's what I want to know.
1: Without me being the master of this series, I'll leave that up to the fans. Off the top of my head, I would have said three or four. That would have probably been my gut, uh, knee-jerk reaction.
2: I think I might have uh, – I think I feel I've won physically on PS3 too. But at this point, I would try to mm. just play PS4 probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and the name just hit me. I think it was Dead Souls. That was the yes, zombie I the think, I think one. Yeah. But that series is so I don't want to say confusing or convoluted. That's unfair. But there's so much to that series. Like we never got like those Black Panther or Panther versions right. on PSP years ago. We never. We've yet to get the ones that harken back. Yeah, that's what I was like really ed- interested in.
2: Yeah, it was like the Edo kind of,
1: period. They've done at yeah. least two of those. Uh, but yeah, so but more Yakuza love coming. Um. I'm just looking at the whole list of stuff here, if there's anything worthy of talking about. We've got uh, Ace Combat 7 coming with VR.
2: And I'm glad to see, it still looks like it has a wacky Japanese (laughs) storyline, which I was afraid they were going to be like, no, we need to make this more westernized. So I was really glad to see that.
1: Um, uh, Another one of these games that I thought looked great, looked beautiful, nothing against it. I just know I'm not going to have, it's it's 2017, is so stacked already, but uh, Nino 2, Revenant Kingdom. It's
2: so pretty. It's so yeah. pretty. And the good thing for me was it looks like you're not using familiars to fight anymore. It's more like old school RPG battles, which makes mm. me w- way happy because it was way too, like, Pokemon-y to me for the first one. So,
1: Mhm we'll blast through a couple of these other ones. I think this is worth uh, this is more for the warning of huge podcast uh, followers. I think we got to make mention of this while I'm not the expert. uh dotmo who we mentioned earlier is bringing ease origin to PS4 and Vita. Yeah. So uh
2: That's
1: exciting. ease hopefully, fans
2: hopefully excited.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tech McCoy showing off a little bit more in Neo which should only be a couple months away.
2: Really excited for that.
1: Looks good. It's got my uh, and then more, in it, so. <laughs> uh, more Vita and PS4. Love for you, Dan Genronpa V3. Killing Harmony.
2: I need to go back and finish part two, but that's yes, that's 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 good to see. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, we knew it was coming. There was no way it was not coming. But
1: yep. Uh, and then one that's atop my list with a March seventh official release date. I know this. Near Automata. I'm
2: excited for that
1: looks a lot like Bayonetta with a little bit more (laughs) sci-fi ghost in the shell mixed in. that's why I'm
2: excited for it because Bayonetta.
1: What what I'm not excited about is my wallet and I haven't done the pre-order and I still haven't convinced myself with the exclusive limited edition, the black box edition at Square Enix Online.
2: Do you remember when... Like, quarter one was when you took a break from games because there were Absolutely. no games coming out.
1: Absolutely. I wish that was back. <laughs> it's
2: getting right back. I <laughs> wish
1: some of this stuff would be more summer because summer's, like, June and July are still usually dead.
2: Yeah, but, okay, you say that now, but just wait. because It's I not going to be much longer than summer's going to be packed, too. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I
2: can't believe just, I mean, I feel like it's, like, the last two years that all of a sudden, yeah. like, Q1 – is this big release window for games.
1: It's brutal. And I still blame – I don't know if this is antiquated in thought, but I still blame all that on Call of Duty and Battlefield. Yeah. Because nobody wants – everyone wants to stay away from those juggernauts in the fall, and so they push out the first quarter. Yeah. Um, but, I, thought, I thought it was
2: like interesting. Uh, another thing was that they announced, oh, Let It Die is out Yeah. Those, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I have not
1: downloaded that yet. I got a I buddy either. who has. Uh, what I, I hate to be like this. What turned me off of it was I didn't realize it was online only, and then there's like all these like – It's free to play. It is free. Yeah. yeah, you know, but yeah. So I'm I'm not saying I'm not going to. Free is the best price, but I'm not in a rush right now because I was an idiot, and I was in such suit of 51 mode. I'm like, oh, my God. They're giving away his next effort for free. But then I'm like, wait a minute. I knew there was a catch.
2: So – I'm I'm one what? of those I'm one of those sick in the muds who's still mad that it's not Lee Bergamo that Lee Bergamo became. Huh. Uh, let it die. So,
1: um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking here. Uh, the only thing I'm really leaving out is some sports stuff. Gran Turismo Sports should get a shout out though. That's going to have everything from 4K and probably VR support. I thought it looked amazing. I'm going to say something. I think I'm going to get flack on um not from our warning type listeners but some more of the casuals i got to tell you something i think Forza is a respectable series the titles look great i'm not going to say they're bad but for the first time in my life i bought Forza Horizon 3 a couple months ago as Gran Turismo Sport got delayed i don't know what it is i don't know if it's my imagination and i'm going to use that word the finish on the game there's a finish that Gran Turismo has versus other racers not saying it's better it's just my opinion I don't know what it is, but every time I look at a new Gran Turismo, in terms of realism, I always think, so, I always think it looks superior to its rivals, and I felt the same. Well, to be fair, though, I mean,
2: I the so... Horizon's a more, like, arcade version of...
1: It is. No, and here's the thing. You're right. But the reviews that thing got, and the raving, and how much people loved it, that's why I'm being so nitpicky, so... Yeah. But yeah, GT Sport looked good, and then... Um, you know, there was what I think they showed a little bit more Persona 5. We're looking at April on no,
2: that. No, no, they didn't. And I know that because people were really mad about that.
1: I'm looking at a list here, so maybe I'm talking about And then they got bunch, really
2: so. mad at me for saying there was no reason to get really mad about that.
1: <laughs> so, wait, so they did not show any of that? They have
2: not shown Persona 5 at any American maybe, press conference.
1: So, so, let me correct myself. Is it possible it was like on the floor or whatever the next day?
2: uh i think no i think what happened was atlas released videos online at the same time as psx okay happened.
1: yes okay i'm sorry yeah <clears throat> but
2: no so, they did not show it
1: i thought i read a fact that it has 50 percent more dialogue than p4
2: um that's yes. good
1: some yeah something along those lines
2: i mean i don't i don't know if we ever mentioned this but i mean uh did we mention that the fact that the game got delayed but we're now getting japanese voices Uh, I'm aware of that. Maybe we didn't say that on recording. That's crazy given like Atlas's way of handling things.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that's coming early April. But uh, before we wind up here, we'll try and close out. uh, Let me see what we got left on tap here. We are currently right now literally at the 90 minute mark for GVGP episode 22. Uh, we've covered everything from the VGAs to the PlayStation Experience.
2: Well, there is one uh, check... game we didn't talk about.
1: Uh, does is it? Does it have the number fifteen
2: in it? No, no. I mean, from, I mean it... from PSX.
1: Oh, oh my God! How'd I forget? Oh my God! Do you want? Let's. We could. What we could do is we could end the special edition of GVGP twenty two on this. We have more to talk about. We can do that on another episode in the near future. Let me get these plugs out, and we will end with the biggie. Uh, so don't forget to check us out at radio.morningproject.com. Don't forget to hit subscribe on iTunes. We love those reviews. 5 stars are the best. Find us on Twitter. You can find myself at 24bitaje. Find my co-host Molly at MollyPen, m o l l i p e n. The official Twitter of EGM that's at egm now that's e g m n o w. Find the official morning radio project feed on Twitter at Morn mornradio m o r n r a d. I. Oh, and one last plug and one last time, check out that big, gargantuan Final Fantasy fifteen review at egmnow.com.
2: Let me ask you, uh, right. how how far in the game are you?
1: Uh, 90 minutes.
2: Okay, so, so then, yeah, I would mm-hmm. rather talk about that next time. Though. Yeah,
1: and you told, you told me, you were honest with me, you said the first couple hours was hot garbage and then it picks up.
2: I, some people like the first couple hours, but I, I absolutely that's how I got.:
1: For me, uh, what I'm going to say about it, which has nothing really to do with the quality of the game, with where my mind has been lately and so much stuff going on in my life, I was just happy to sit down and escape. So I think you could have taken me anywhere, and I would have been happy to be where I was. So that was a great boy band road trip I started. A couple weeks ago, I was happy to be anywhere outside the scope of my four walls.
2: The problem now, though, so. is that now that Square like Square Enix is like, yeah, we're gonna fix the game and yeah, I saw your tweet. It was very it. interesting.
1: It was very interesting. So,
2: like, I almost like don't because I, I was gonna say it'd be good for us to do the podcast next time about Final Fantasy 15. That way, our listeners can have gotten a chance to play it, maybe. But I'm almost, I I'm almost kind of like we, I don't know if I would recommend people playing it yet.
1: Hmm. Well, we can do this because usually we have a habit of recording every four or five weeks. I'll do my best. to. I'm going to make a promise to put – I'm going to be realistic. I'm going to try to get at least four to six plus hours in. I'm going to get a chunk in. I'm not going to lie and say I'm going to go through it in the next month because that's not going to happen. But I will put some serious time into it. So maybe we can do a little chunk of our next show talking about FF15 a bit. Yeah. But uh, closing this out, the Blizzard Blast episode of GVGP and wrapping up our PlayStation Experience 2016 talk, last but certainly not least, The Last of Us Part 2.
2: And this is why I was saying um, if you're of the chance, watch these events live because – it's just like, I think coming later and being like, oh, they announced Last of Us 2. I'm going to watch the trailer. Like, that's not as exciting as watching it and having that first, wait, wait, is this, is this possibly like what I think it is? And then, you know, you see a certain scene and then you can hear the crowd freaking out and you're like, oh, my God, it actually is. You know, like that. Right. that excitement is so fun. And you can't have that when you come into it later knowing what the trailer is. But I am so hyped for this. I mean, it's got to be, like, 2018 at least.
1: Yeah, I would think so, too. I would think so, too. Um, And for the record, The Last of Us is a game that I have completed in its entirety and even started a second playthrough on the PlayStation 4. So this is a game I am very familiar with and I can talk about. Um. I loved it. I thought it was a great experience. Like what I, you know, we get back into this topic of what a video game is and that opinion differs. Are we more movie than games now? Let me say this. The Last of Us, for what it was, was one of the more memorable games of all time that I played and and definitely in recent memory. I thought when that game came out, I think it was 2013, June 2013, if my memory is correct.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: And that was collecting, racking up all of the game of the year awards. I gave that my game of the year that year, and I thought it deserved it. I mean, it was a great title. I thought it. I thought it pushed the horror genre, if you want to call it that, forward. It was the right step since Resident Evil and Silent Hill, since all of those trendsetters. Uh, the Last of Us was a great title. I thought the acting. I thought the acting in that game was fantastic. I thought it was better than most of what I'd seen in Hollywood that year. Like. It really captivated me. Um, And there's a term I'm going to use from an old warning uh, co host from Casey Lowe. There's a term he used years ago that I'm going to steal, and that's ruins porn. That's (laughs) R U I N S. And one of the first games I'd seen that in, I dare say, was Bioshock 2. And I'm not saying Bioshock was the first to do it, but like, you know, The Last of Us was a game that had lots of ruins porn, meaning. Everywhere you go, there were little trinkets or things to observe or things to interact with or things to find, and it was just that was which made the world so much more engrossing and believable and wanting you to take your time and look around instead of just going from point A to point B. So, uh, and then not to be harsh, when Uncharted 4, and I know that got a lot of hoopla, and I have not gone through Uncharted 4 yet, and I, I, I hope I don't get bashed. You know, my excitement for Uncharted 4 was not at the same level as other people Because I'd experienced The Last of Us. Hmm. And I do have experience with Uncharted in the past. Having beaten the crown jewel of the series at the time, Uncharted 2. um, The Last of Us really affected me that much. And I thought it was great. So it was... You knew a second one was going to happen even though it did not need a sequel. It
2: it, it did not. It's... um, My... I I sent a text... send it a message to somebody afterwards and he, he was kind of like yeah i don't know how i feel about this getting a sequel and i was like i didn't want a sequel and if we get a sequel i didn't necessarily want joel and ellie back uh but if we get a sequel and if we get joel and ellie back i'd kind of rather just have ellie and have her be a little bit older um you know so it's like all these kind of things and it's like the point we're at now is like the sequel exists it, ex- it exists out there my wants can't change that my wants can't change who the characters are so at this point accepting the fact that it does exist and the characters are who they are i am super excited like i can't yeah. i think you can't be like i still wish it was gone because it's not gone you know it's <laughs> like okay if they're making new star wars like i i i want star wars up through nine i don't know that i want 10 11 12 and whatever <laughs> but but You know, I'm smart enough to know that's going to happen, so I want them to be good, and I want to have fun with them and get excited by them and enjoy them because they're going to exist whether I want them to exist or not. Like this game is going to exist, so I'm going to be excited about it.
1: I'm going to use a video a term that I haven't used in years with video games because I think is when you're younger and you get older and you have the like. You remember growing up and you're like, "Oh my god, that game looks so real." We've had this conversation on the show, like. You're like, oh my god, this game looks so real. Or like you even made the joke, like, uh you poked fun at Unreal, saying, like, wasn't that the one that made the cover of Next Gen? And it's like, look at these visuals, how real it is, and you look at it now and you're like, What are you kidding me? So I'm real cautious. Like, I never really say that anymore. Like nowadays I'll say, Wow, like the res- the scan or the the mapping of those textures is crazy or like the high definition visuals on that, like the detail is incredible, like you know we're getting near photorealistic visuals, but I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna—I know I'm gonna eat these words in time. When I watched that Last of Us two trailer, Molly, I hadn't said this in forever. You know what I said? Hmm. I said it looked real.
2: Yeah. It, 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 no. No. I. It's, you know, I mean. The, it looked. It looked real. The thing I was thinking, uh, and it's so funny. It's so funny that on this podcast. We are talking about, I think, the two games that have the biggest potential for what you were saying about, like, cinematic experiences. We have Death Stranding and we have Last of Us 2. We have, you know, Kojima and Naughty Dog. I think those are, you know, equivocally, the two companies at the absolute pinnacle of cinematic experience gaming. So, like, in, this, in the span of, you know, just two days the two biggest potential examples of that both had trailers they showed off yeah Um, but when when i was watching the death stranding trailer like it looks really good it looks really good and and when you see like mad's face and stuff like that it's awesome yeah yes but you still you're still kind of like yeah it's a video game you know, your brain is still saying that. But the interesting part was when watching that Last of Us 2 trailer, like, your brain, at least mine, stopped thinking it's a video game. And it became more like, I'm watching like a movie clip kind of thing. Like, you you get over, I think, when games are successful in this, you get over that you're looking at it as a game, and your brain keeps seeing the gameness of it, you know. It's kind of like I think another example of this in a different way was the Nino Kuni Two, because I think you've we've seen so many games that try to do that cell shading to make it look like yeah. anime kind of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: when I watched that Nino Ni no Kuni Two trailer, my brain wasn't thinking this is a game made to look like an anime. It just it looked right to me, so I didn't think about that part of it. And so where even as Death Stranding, I'm looking at it and I'm like, yeah, I can still tell it's a video game. When watching The Last of Us Part Two trailer, I just – my brain did not even consider the it's a video game part because it wasn't important to watching it. And that, I think, is what the most impressive thing is because you're, you're just looking at it and you're seeing, you know, like the hand, right? Just the hand. Yeah.
1: You, yeah, you were reading my mind like when she's playing the guitar yes. and then you see it zooms in on the strings and the hand. And even, it, I mean, even it just it the first
2: l- part where she's like like stretching her hand out, like that's you – don't, you don't realize how hard that is to do even like with CG in, the, in 2016. Like that's not an easy thing, but like I wasn't even thinking about it. I'm like, oh, whose hand is this? I look at that tattoo and stuff like that. Like my brain wasn't thinking, oh my god, this must have taken so much time and effort to get it done.
1: Right. I it was a stunner. You know, it it was stunning. You know, they uh and if you think about it, the show um the show opened and closed with naughty dog. Yeah. Yep.
2: Which I mean, you can't Came. you can't you can't blame Sony. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in a way.
0: And I mean, yeah.
2: I I think if you needed any kind of like, you know, this is why you're on PS4. Like, that was that was a, a thing. Um, right. But before that, real quick, uh, just to, to clarify, um, it has come out that Ellie is supposed to be the main character in the game.
1: I thought I read that shortly thereafter, yeah, but I didn't... Yeah, I didn't put too much thought into it.
2: But so I want to ask you, because somebody brought this up, and I know what my answer is, and I, I know why my answer is my answer, but uh, they were saying how ridiculous it was that Sony keeps announcing games that are like a year, two years, three years off. Whereas Microsoft tends to announce games that are like six months, seven months off. Um, like, like, I mean, because this game, obviously, like I said, it's got to be 2018 at the earliest. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So th- what do you think about that?
1: I think you're asking the wrong person because you and I, for the most part, come from the same generation of gaming. So, And what I mean by that is... Excuse me, it's a little unfair to ask me because you and I are used to the days of seeing stuff when it was 2 3 years out. I, would you would you say that's fair? Like in magazines or early shots or oh, stuff yeah. like Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's a little unfair because for me it's like we know what that's like and we're kind of used to it. Um if I'm speaking from the gut, I mean, here's the thing, if you're Sony You might be showing a little bit more of your cards early, but at the same time, not all of those cards are unexpected, and with Microsoft, it's the thing of where, not to beat them, because Sony showed a lot of sequels too, but Microsoft really has the same three to five cards to play every time. Halo, Gears, Forza, I used to say Fable, but not Fable anymore. Maybe a PC port over Project, and something I'm forgetting off the top. Did I say Halo? I don't yeah. know if I said Halo. Yeah. But yeah, you've got you just know that's and and look, it works for the most part, right? It's been working, right? Not to get off the topic of The Last of Us, but with Sony, not to make this long winded. The one thing I felt about that Sony show, and it's not saying I'm looking forward to everything they showed. There's some stuff I'm not gonna buy, okay? But the one thing I will give Sony credit for at that show is there was a lot of diversity. Yeah. So it wasn't just uh you know crew cut army ridden soldier brute soldiers. Now I'm guilty because I'm sitting here and that's how my haircut is. So I'm sitting here and I should be with my bag of Doritos and Mountain Dew with my Xbox on. But in terms of gaming diversity and giving people some different options and maybe attracting more of a more diverse wider audience, Sony nailed it out of the park. Now back to the thing of announcing games 2-3 years out. Look, If that's the card Sony's got to play and it's working and it has been, like at these shows, like more power to them. You got to figure if Microsoft could do the same thing and they need to, like if Microsoft had a couple huge projects locked up that would like shock the world, why wouldn't they show it right now? My feeling on that is, and I could maybe I'm dumb, is that they don't have it. But what they do have are their first party exclusives. But the problem with that is it's the same three to five first party exclusives you always see. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, what are they going to do? They can go, hey, in two years, guess what you're going to see? Halo 6. (laughs) Or we've got, and I'm not like making fun of them because I like those games. But like, hey, we've got Gears 5 coming. (laughs) Uh, Who didn't see that coming? Right. So with Sony, it's like you've got some sequelitis going on there too. But you have more diversities and a handful of the good JRPGs. You have some unique platformers. They may not be on the level of Mario, some of them, but you've got a lot of stuff going on, everything from music genre to bringing back classics like Wipeout. You have a whole range of efforts. But with Microsoft, it's really super cookie-cutter. So I think it's it's working for Sony, so why stop?
2: I guess I guess my thought was this, because, you know, I'm not saying this is the average person, but I do see some people who are being like, yeah, I'm going to just sell my console and then I'll buy it again if a game I want comes out, you know? Or or I don't know which console to invest in and stuff. And I feel like what Sony's doing is they're showing you more of your long-term investment. Mm. Like, they're saying, hey, it's not just about what you're going to have this year. It's about what you're going to have next year, and the year after that, and maybe the year after that. Like, Like, if you buy a PS4... Here's what's coming. Here's why you want one. you know, not just for the stuff now, but stuff coming up. like I feel like they're 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 telling you more about the reasons that you want to stick with the p s four, whereas Microsoft tends to be more of the instant gratification, and I guess my concern with Microsoft is, you know, and i mean i've I'm not that I would ever do it, but I've felt it where I've been into e three. And Microsoft's like, our, our two big games for this year are, you know, Gears of War and Forza. And I'm like, I don't care. So if I was somebody sitting there, you know, just thinking about uh, like a more casual player, I might think, you know what, I might just sell my Xbox and get a PS4 instead. Or, you know, I might just sell my Xbox and use money for something else. Because they're not showing me anything that's that, that exciting to me. Like, I, f- I feel like Microsoft... And you're, in, you're right, and it's hard because they have had a problem breaking out of these, these just a couple key franchises. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're not showing you me. why you're on the platform in the long run. It's always like, here's what you're going to have very, very soon. But then you ask, you know, if I'm going to sit here right now, Anthony, and ask you, what does Xbox One have exclusive wise next year? What can you tell me?
1: I I can tell you, but I'm not making a joke.
2: But no, 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 no. No, I I mean, I I don't mean from like what you're guessing. I mean, what's been announced. Halo Wars 2, February. And I think there's one other game. I think there's like Sea of Thieves. Oh, okay. You got me there. But like. You got me. That's it. Like, I don't even know. Like, (laughs) you know, I don't know what games it's going to have next year. Right? Right. But Sony, I can sit here and tell you.
1: Excuse me. It, time oh. out and this is just for the nerds excuse okay. me and it's supposed to be next holiday and scale bound
2: okay yeah scale bound that's, Sc- that's
1: and it. I'm probably one of three <laughs> people on the planet including Kamiya himself <laughs> okay. who's on the team that's gonna buy that yeah yes that has an Xbox so yes. scale bound yes
2: but I can see it right now and tell you okay PS4 right Last of Us 2 Wipeout Collection God of War Spider-Man Days Gone and I know those games I'm forgetting oh uh Detroit um I know those games but that, that's like six that's, that's,
1: it's okay here's it's their Persona 5
2: okay but yeah that's, 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 third, that's, party. that's third party but that's yeah. exclusive but yeah oh okay yeah I'm sorry I'm sorry but the count, uh,
1: I'm counting exclusives right, I'm sorry right. Horizon
2: Horizon yes Horizon
1: uh, Death Stranding. While that's a bit far, okay, Stranding. we're talking just next yep. year. I'm sorry. No, yeah. no, that, that that no. Death that, Stranding counts. Death I mean, Stranding. I'm just saying like
2: comes like next year or later. Like you know, Death Stranding counts, and that 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 that's definitely a platform exclusive.
1: While this is a recent release, not 2017, but it's very fresh, and I'm not making a joke. And speaking of different experiences, The Last Guardian.
2: Yeah, but it doesn't really count because it's like. But I'm just saying that now.
1: that's fresh. That's fresh right. off. That's that's very recent. Right.
2: But I guess you know. Yeah. Um, what I'm, so what I'm so what I'm just the point I'm making is the fact that like. I can tell you reasons to be excited about the PS4 in the future. Mm. Look, I, I, and, and they've got VR. They have reasons.
1: VR laid out. Not to say that Scorpio won't get it with some Oculus or some other tack on. But here's the thing. Sony's been open about their VR plans. It's a reality. It's out now, and it's the fastest-selling VR set. It hasn't met Sony's expectations for the holiday, but it's been doing well, and it's number one already in the VR community. So at least we, I mean in regards to that cuz you know you know Microsoft's going to be laying something out for that come next end of this upcoming year. But the thing is, is Sony's got it out now and they're ready now. And they've got stuff coming for it. Yeah.
2: So it's like yeah, so it's just like it's just I'd it. like I think I think Sony has a great job of getting you excited for the future. And I don't think Microsoft does that. I think that's one of their, you know, their downfalls. Is they're not telling you here's why you're going to win Xbox next year and the year after and the year after. They're not telling you that, you know. And they need to be. They need to be like here's why you're going to buy an Xbox now, but love having it year after year after year. Like here's why it's going to keep giving you good games to the future. Mm. Because you know, I mean, like, you know, because people will make this argument and it's so stupid. They'll be like, oh, everything I showed for PS4 is like next year, or the year after, like. There's no, there's no games for PS4. Okay. They didn't show any exclusives right now, but there's still plenty of games from third parties coming out. So that's not the point that you need to get people excited for your console because they're already excited for, you know, for this, this recently. They, you know, Battlefield 1, Titanfall 2, Call of Duty, Last Guardian, Final Fantasy 15, like all these kind of games. It's like... People are always going to know that the games that are coming out in six months. It's past that where you need to get them excited.
1: Uh, I agree. And and it's a tough spot. I give Microsoft all the credit in the world for righting a lot of their wrongs. but and And with that progress they've made, it's respectable. But they're still playing catch-up ball in some ways. Like they're catching up. And Sony's still got momentum to push forward and have you look ahead while Microsoft is like, hey, look, we fixed all our problems over the last 24 to 36 months. Look where we are now. We're improving. But then Sony's like, okay, well, while you're catching up to where we were, this is where we're going to be. Yeah. It's a tough spot. But, yeah. So, well, as this comes to a close here on this generic video game podcast, I want to thank Molly once again for taking the time. I'm glad we got to get together. Talk shop about the world of video games. And I want to thank the listeners for hanging in there with us over the years at radio.morningproject.com. We hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We hope you have a very wonderful Christmas, holiday, whatever it is you celebrate coming up here as you're listening to this episode 22. And rest assured, we will be back sooner than later, back in early 2017. So until then, um, have a great time off. Enjoy your time with your families and your gaming consoles and for Molly and myself Anthony we'll catch you soon
0: I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I fear no evil Cause I'm blind To it all And my mind My gun They comfort me Because I know I'll kill my enemies When they come Surely goodness and mercy Will follow me All the days of my life And I will dwell on this earth forevermore Said I walk beside the still waters And they restore my soul But I can't walk on the path of the right Because I'm wrong I can't walk on the path of the right Cause I'm wrong